when uh, Pastor Harold and a couple other guys came, Gerald Lehman, Tim, came to Niger. I don't even remember what year that was, but it's maybe 10 years ago. Has it been that long, maybe? And they came, and, and Pastor Harold saw a need for one of our churches. It was only a, basically, basically a straw hut. And uh, so your church raised up some money, and we have a church building there in the village of Dambu. And that church is still thriving, and there's people there, and they love the Lord. So we want to thank you also for our sacri your sacrifice there. We really appreciate it. Well, I want to just review a little bit, and then Ginger's going to kind of transition into what we're doing now. But since 1997 until last year, we were in the country of Niger, which is 99% Muslim, and we were there to raise up churches, to plant churches, to uh, raise up leaders to the Bible school. And Ginger was the director of a primary school. And uh, we felt a few years ago that, you know, we've raised up some great leaders, and if we stay in their way, they're not going to grow. Just like, you know, parenting your children. You want your children to grow, and there's a time when they go out. And they go and start doing what God has called them to be. And we always, I remember when my children went out to college or wherever they went, I wanted them to be greater. I wanted them to be so much higher than what we were. I wanted them to grow and mature and just be what God has for them, even in a greater way than God ever had used us. And that's how we felt with the house of people that we were ministering to. These people who used to be Muslims, then became Christians, then grew up. And we thought, if we stay in their way, they're not going to really fulfill what God asked for them. So a few years, few years ago, we started planning on, we're going to leave in 2016. Or 2015. We're in 2016 now. In 2015. And so God, but we didn't know exactly where we are going to go next. But we knew God wasn't finished with us and we had more work to do. But we saw these guys grow and mature. And now they're pastored. All the churches that we planted are pastored by these men that were, grew up and just to, I just wanted to give one story about how one church started. And I've, I've shared this before, but just to give you an idea. We had um, one church in the village of Sarkanyama. In house, that means king of the west. And about 10 minutes away from there by foot was a place called Don Makadi, which in house means son of the drummer. So we had a church in Sarkanyama, but no church in Don Makadi. But one day... In Don Makati, one of the young men there started, was demonized. He was roaring like a lion. And uh, so the Muslims there, remember, 99% Muslim. And in that place, everybody was Muslim. The Muslims didn't know what to do. They tied him up and stuck him in a little hut. And they, they tried whatever they, incantations they do, and nothing happened. But they said, there's a Christian, there's a church in Sarkanyama, Let's go get the pastor. Our pastor there, who we trained up, was Daniel. His name is Daniel. And so he came, <clears throat> and they came to the village of Don Makati, praying in the Spirit, went right directly to that guy, prayed for him, and he got set free instantly. And there were about 10 Muslims around that, and they saw what happened, and they all became Christians. So that's how the, that's how the church in Don Makati started. And these are, this was a man that we helped train. And we see they're maturing. And then uh, not long after that, the village imam, he 
was the guy who taught the Quran in that village, in that Don Makati village. He went to bed one night, and Jesus came to him in a dream and said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Come follow me. And that's what he did. The next morning, he got up and went to the place where he usually teaches the Quran and said, I'm a Christian now. You better find somebody else. And he went to the Bible school. So we're just reminiscing on some of the great things God did. There's thousands of stories we could tell you, but I just want to say that God is making a difference, and we're, we appreciate partnering with you, and you've made a difference because we're all one, whether we're the goer or the sender. So we really appreciate all that. So last year, we said, the, this is the time. Let's go back. And so we went back. We are with Elam Fellowship, which is in upstate New York by Rochester, just south of Rochester. So we went there, and uh, we said, we have to talk to our boss there because we're, we're back, but we're not sure where we're going next. But we know we want to continue ministering for the Lord. So we met him. <clears throat> we had breakfast with him, and he said, well, where are you going? We said, we felt God wanted us to move to San Antonio, Texas. Do you know anybody there? No. Do you have family there? No. We just felt like God wanted us to go to San Antonio. He said, well, we don't have other churches of, under our umbrella there except for one man who lives south in the Harlingen, Texas. And so we said, well, what's his, his ministry? And I'll, Ginger's going to talk a lot more about this, but I'll just briefly hit that. He has Bible schools, video Bible schools, and he goes out to the nations and teaches pastors because most pastors overseas, 80 to 90% of them, at least in Africa, have never been to Bible school. They just know a couple more verses than the next guy, so they're crowned the pastor basically. You know, so now this group is bringing the Bible on video to them. And so he was telling, we're, we're eating breakfast with our boss up there south of Rochester, and uh, we're eating, and he's telling us about this man named Brick Cliff. That's his name, the, new, the guy running this new ministry. Well, about 10 minutes later, Brick Cliff walks into the, uh, this place, this restaurant. We're up in upstate New York. Talk about miracles, timing, and everything. So we said, this is what we want to do. Because what he does is he goes out from time to time. And uh, we're working full-time in Texas preparing these videos. But then we've gone out a couple times already to Africa. And in December, we went out uh, to the first graduation in Kenya. We had 400 pastors graduate. It was massive. And it was great. And there's another 400 in the pipeline that are going to graduate soon. So uh, we were able to go to that and watch all that happen. And then we were, thought we were going to go to Burundi, which is a small country south of Kenya, but there was political unrest and there was rioting and things. So even the airline, Kenyan Airlines, wouldn't go down there. So we ended up going... Rick, he's a man of just, let's do something else, and man of, uh, what's the uh, word for it? Instant in season. So we ended up going to Zanzibar, the island of Zanzibar, and we ended up being able to teach some pastors there. And then, after that, that was in December. Then in June, we had the chance to go to Uganda, and we just went ourselves. Last, the first time we went with Brick, and just to know what we were doing in this new ministry, then Jinder and I went with Brick Cliff, or no, we went by ourselves and went to Uganda and we presided over the first graduation. You're going to see, we have a little video of that, not yet, but you'll see a little bit of that graduation. We were able to graduate 10 guys, pastors, and then Ginger was able to 
teach them how to use the equipment. So we bring little small projectors and hard drives with 10 semesters of the Bible school on it. And Junior taught them how to use this because these guys, you know, they're not used to using a lot of equipment. And, and the uh, overseer there said, we're excited. In a couple years, we're going to graduate. And we're going to graduate 100 people in two years because each of these guys are going to go back to their village church and they're going to get 10 people each of them 10 people. So we're looking for a tenfold increase, these people getting uh, filled with the Word of God. And these classes are really good. I'm transcribing all these classes in San Antonio, and I'm being filled with the Word of God, these quality, quality teachings. So we're just excited about what God is doing. And I want Ginger to come on up, and I want her to share more specifically what we're doing, and then also... You can go ahead and have the video go after she's done, whenever you want that to happen. But I'll let her talk, and then I'll come back up. Thank you. Good morning. So uh, as Rich was saying, really it was an answer to our prayer, the work that we're doing now, because when we were in Niger, we were praying that when we went to visit our uh, mission organization that God would speak to us. And we prayed, you know what would be perfect is if we could base out of America and still go out and reach the nations. But we're thinking, how is that going to happen? We knew nothing. We knew no one. But God answered our prayer. The following, almost the next week, um, when we went up there to uh, Elam Fellowship, and he gave us the answer. So it's really awesome. God does answer prayers. And uh, we were just thankful that he had put us with this ministry that we're with now. Um, I was noticing on your, your flyer, you use the words impact, equip, and empower. And that seems to be what God wants to do. He wants to impact not only us, I think your heart, but he wants to impact the world with his word. And, um, and we're kind of in that same scheme of, of wording. We, we have a little uh, brochure. I have to get all my little things out here about empowering the church for tomorrow because the church is the pillar of truth and um, we, we're the ones with the truth and how is the world going to hear the truth if we don't speak it forth? They're not going to learn on their own and um, as we are reaching out into the nations and, and bringing valuable teachings to these pastors, like Rich was saying, many of them don't attend a, a formal Bible school. And I know how important it is when you went over there to, um, is it Indonesia, right? How when he brings forth that word of God, you know, it impacts them and it, 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 it strengthens them and it gives them more uh, faith to move forward. And so just the same way through this Bible school, that's what it is. It's a video Bible school. And what we do, we take something like this, a projector, and um, we also have a small hard drive about so big, and that would have like 10 semesters of the school on there. And, um, and so that's all they really need. But this one actually has a little SD card, which we might end up using someday. But... Um, that's all it takes for them to start their own school. 
So that's what we do. We, we're not there on the ground anymore like we were in Niger, where we can only touch that small group of people. But now we can go out into the nations like we did into Uganda and to Tanzania and actually give them a Bible school. And they also receive materials, the written materials. Now, the written materials are basically just, they get a master photocopy. And then they have to photocopy it themselves. So, so they have all the materials uh, to start a school. And, um, and for schools here in the States, you, can pur you, know, you would purchase a book like this, and it has the outline of every session in a course. This particular book has um, Acts of the Apostles, Marriage in the Family, the Ministry of Helps. So it's there to encourage and to give understanding and knowledge to the pastors so they can strengthen their people so they can be church and, you know, work together. We also have back in the table just a course catalog which tells about each course that's available through the end-to-end -end Christian University. Now, this is all like virtual. It's all online. There's no school that you can go to that says nation to nation, um, Christian University, but it's all on video and online. Okay. Yeah, like here's a, the videos they would have. They used to do a video form, but now we've gotten, we've updated to a little hard drive, so they don't even have to mess with videos anymore, and they can flash that right onto a wall. And um, you'll, you'll see that, how we did that when we were in Tanzania. And then here's a little brochure about how to have your own Bible school in your own church. So this is what's um, important for the people there, that they don't have to go somewhere. It's very convenient, it's portable, and they can make it their own school. They don't really become nation-to-nation Christian university students, but they come, become their own uh, Bible school. So if they're called, you know, they have a name like Redemption Church, they can be the Redemption Church Bible School. And uh, only if they want to transfer their credits back over to end to end, then we will uh, issue them diplomas. But because it's very red tapish, to register your school in every single country, this kind of avoids having to do that. It becomes their own school. Uh, let's see. And so actually, those in the states who go through the school program, the monies that is used um, that they receive for taking these courses is then kind of recycled to be used over in um, the third world countries, so they don't really have a cost so much. The only cost that students should have would be anything that the, the teacher or the pastor would need to produce the copies, so just to have photocopies. So it's very, for the students to come, for the pastors to come, it's really low cost for them. So we try to make it very, you know, convenient in all ways. Uh, the other thing is we also have with this program, which is very useful in third world countries, is the community development. Community development has to do with how to have clean water. 
and um, how to make a smokeless stove so you're not using all the, your wood, or how to, um, you know, the vaccine keep your animals in good health. So many of you probably know about that and how to farm, you know, in, in different ways. So it's very helpful, and, and it's also a way that they evangelize because they start implementing these things that they learned in the um, Bible school in their community, and then their neighbor says, wow, why is your, you know, plants growing so well? Or, you know, how did you get that clean drinking water? Or how, why are your animals getting sick like mine? So then they can, you know, give them teaching and training, and through that they can draw them and they can actually give them the gospel through their, uh, this evangelistic outreach. So in the, um, do we have it in this video? With the um, tilapia farm. We had uh, one pastor that saw that there was a need, some people who were out of work. And so he started this tilapia farm and letting them run it. Because we were in Lake Victoria, uh, which was on one side of Uganda and on the other side was Tanzania. So Lake Victoria is known for its tilapia. So it was a good way to make an income. So that was something that was developed through this community development. All right. So let me um, just give you a little thing about the, the video, what you're going to see. It's just about three minutes long. But we had gone to Uganda, and we have flown into Entebbe, and about an hour and a half north is Kampala. And actually, we had to go through Kampala to another uh, suburb, so to speak, called Kawanda. And this is where the church, you'll see in this video, and the graduation took place. There were 10, well, 11 graduates. 10 of them were pastors. And so those 10 pastors, we actually taught them, when they go back to their village, how to start a school. So they can start training people in that area. And um, so I was listening to that, that one hymn that we sang about it only takes a word and the devil has to flee, you know, but you have to have that word in you and understand who God is before you can be effective. And so um, when you can train your people the word of God, they'll have a more productive and effective life. And they can stand against the enemy when he comes in like a flood. But we can stand strong because Jesus is our rock. Um, okay. Okay, the other thing. Okay, we had the 10 graduates. So we started 10 schools, and you'll see that. And then we went to Tanzania. And we visited four schools that were already established, where one was just starting the next day. But anyway, they, they had about 50 to 60 pastors and students in each of these um, places we went to. The first one was Arusha, and uh, then we went to Babati. We drove down through uh, to Singida. And so these three villages, well, towns that we went to, already had heard about Nation to Nation, had already started their schools, and so we were there really to teach them. And Rich was there to encourage them on the Holy Spirit. And that was another verse that popped out in that one hymn that talked about he has given us his spirit and the gifts. And so he was there to encourage them 
to know more about the Holy Spirit and, and who he is and how he works in your life so you could be strengthened and utilize those things that he wants us, that he has given us freely. So that was a word of encouragement for those students and um, pastors. And then we flew, we had to go back to Arusha and fly over to Mwanza. And, um, and that school was just getting established. And they were starting the next day. But, but we continued just to encourage them and we showed them um, some of the students that were there who would one day after they, their training would use the um, Bible school. So, uh, yeah, so it was a, it's just exciting to be able to still go out and touch the nations. It fills our hearts. You know, I had a void for a while when I would see pictures of people visiting there in Niger where we used to host them when they came over, and now somebody else is doing it. And, and um, so being able to go out and touch these nations, we, it just fills that void of working with um, third world countries and working in other cultures. I mean, that's, we love working with other cultures and learning their ways and, um, and having understanding. And just, you know, you go, no matter where you go, the church is the church. You know, just like it was it Pastor Matt was talking about, this is a building, it's not the church. But we come here and we know we are family. We went there, we had family. So I think God gives us, we, while we were traveling, we've been traveling for about three weeks now, we haven't had to stay in a hotel because God has, we had family along the way where we could stay um, with people, you know, ch from the church, that we're a church family. So God always, he brings us together, he unites us, we become one, and, and our love for one another is what the world will see. So as we come together to encourage one another, they see the love that we have, we will be that light that Jesus meant us to be. Uh, okay, so I think that's it. So we're going to roll that one video. And
So, let me just be instant in season here. I was going to share a bit of a word anyway, so while they're working on that, maybe I can share it now. I wanted us to turn to uh, 2 Peter, chapter 1. What's interesting, when I was talking with Destin, he said that there was a group of people that were just studying 2 Peter, but... Uh, I just want to read a passage from 2 Peter chapter 1, starting at verse 3. It says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, that is His glory and goodness, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, but whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, verse 10, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, for if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And in uh, verses uh, from 5 through seven, it gives us eight qualities that we should have. It talks about, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith, goodness, to goodness, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, perseverance, godliness, godliness to brotherly love or mutual affection, and that to love, agape love. But I wanted to kind of lift out two of those things, uh, self-control and perseverance, because I see when we come back, it doesn't matter if you're in Africa or in the United States. We as Christians need to have self-control and perseverance. And self-control really deals with the pleasures of life, whereas perseverance deals with the pressures of life. So you have the pleasures of life we have to deal with and the pressures of life. You know, the, in self-control, we're talking about controlling our anger, controlling our emotions, controlling... Our food intake, and believe me, since I've been back in the States, I've gained weight. I'm working on that self-control and eating. Because we'd come back here underweight, you know, from Niger, and we'd come, now we come and, you know, the Detweilers feed us really well, and it's not their fault, I'm just eating a lot. And he told me about this thing called Amish crack. We had these donuts. Man, so Ginger went to that bakery and we got these gigantic things, so... You know, we're dealing with this self-control and eating, self-control and our emotions, self-control and sexual desires. There's self-control in every part of our life, and we have to be controlled because we know that in the sexual realm, it's a marriage between one man and one woman. 
and the marriage bed is pure. Anything outside that, we're not controlling ourselves. And I see in our travels that a lot of people and a lot of churches are not practicing that control. You know, and so we need to just really be people of self-control. You know, you look at babies. Look at an infant child. They have to have diapers because they don't have the muscle control. And I'm sure that every mother here is so happy when it happens that that first time the baby hits the toilet and you don't have to put a diaper on them. Well, you know, that's self-control. That baby finally learns self-control. But, you know, there's a lot of spiritual babies People have been Christian for a long time, and they're still wearing spiritual diapers. We need to learn self-control and control. One day I was reading a story about a a psychologist. He was at the University of Stanford, and this was in the 60s. Uh, So he he had this plan, okay, I'm going to get four-year-olds. So he had a bunch of four-year-olds in a classroom, and he went in and put a marshmallow, one marshmallow in front of each one of them, and said, You can eat this marshmallow now, or I'm going to leave the room and I'll be back. And when I come back, I'm having another marshmallow, and you can have two then. But if you eat the first marshmallow, you don't get the second one. So they had this all on. They were watching them. So the guy left for about 15 or 20 minutes. Several of the kids right away scarfed it up, just gobbled the marshmallow up. But there were others who had self-control, and they had all kinds of ways of dealing with it. Some covered their eyes. They didn't want to see that. Marshmallow. They covered their eyes. Some were just talking to that marshmallow, but they weren't eating it. Others were singing. Others were just, you know, just kind of trying to fall asleep, actually. Well, after about 20 minutes, the guy comes back and sees what happens. And he gave the ones who had self-control another marshmallow. Now, I'm not trying to be, uh, you know, saying what's right or what's wrong here. It's just showing who had self-control, and they actually, he kept uh, a study of these kids until they were adolescents. And the ones who ate the marshmallow right away, they had much more, many more issues in their life. But the ones that were self-controlled as little kids ended up being more well-adjusted when they were older. So it was an interesting thing. But just to make the point that we need to be self-controlled as Christians. We should show the world, the world we know is out of control. It's just totally out of control. We need to be controlled with our mouth, with our minds. We need to be renewing our minds every day. We need to be putting down thoughts that come in. It's not a sin to have a bad thought. It's what we do with that thought. Don't conceive it. How are we with the, Are we going to be able to show anything? I have the drive. No wonder we can't do anything. They did put it on, but now then they gave me the drive. So, well, let me just continue for a second, and when they wave to me, I'll, I'll shut up. But, so this self-control is very important for us. And then there's a thing called perseverance. Now, perseverance, there's a couple of words. There's one called patience and one called perseverance. In the Greek, patience is macrothumia. That's patience, macrothumia. And then perseverance is hupomone. Now, a lot of times they overlap, but then sometimes they're totally different meanings. Like patience means more of a passive thing, whereas uh, perseverance means more of an aggressive thing. Think of the, the beach when you're seeing the wave come in. Patience says, I'm getting down, let that wave go over me. Perseverance says, puts his chest forward and says, come on. 
give it to me. I'm ready, and I'm going to go right through it. So we need to have this aggressive perseverance as well as patience. And I remember a story, because Jesus is with us. He'll help us persevere through all these pressures of life. One other story. There was this man named Derek Redmond. He was in the Olympics in 1992 in Barcelona, and he was a 400-meter runner. And he trained for many years for this 400-meter. He's one of the world-class world 400-meter runners. We got out to run. It was his time to run, and partway through the race, he crumpled to the ground. He had torn his hamstring, which is very painful. So he's struggling to get up because he wanted to finish the race even though he was injured. And his father was in the stands. And before the security knew it, his father, Jim, climbed over the retaining wall and ran to his son. And his son was already like this crying, and his father came over and picked him up, and they both went around the track like that. His dad held him, and they kind of slowly went around. And you know what happened? The crowd went crazy. Derek was in last place, but he saw the unity, the working together, the perseverance that he finished the race. And that's who we have. We sometimes fall and we crumble to the ground, and Jesus is there to help us persevere. So we need Jesus to persevere with us. We can do it. We can persevere. Don't give up. Keep going. You know, many times in Niger, there'd be discouraging things. You think, man, I want to quit. Then I'd remember, Jesus is with me, and I'm here to finish the job. And so no matter what happened, I'm finishing. So how are we doing up there? You want me to keep going? Okay. So, you know, one time Winston Churchill, after the war, of, after World War II, he was invited to speak at a graduation. So they're expecting this grand speech by this eloquent man. He got up, and it was, he said, young men, never give up. Never, ever ever give up. And then he sat down. That was his whole speech. He was making the point, don't give up. Keep going. And I want to tell you, there may be people out here, you, you know, it's, it's been tough going, whatever situation in your life, maybe in your family or maybe your job, different situations, don't give up. Jesus is still with, there with you. He never gives up. He never gives up. We fall down. He's there to pick us up like that track runner, Derek Redman, picked him up. His dad picked him up, and they made it. They finished the race. And God wants you to finish the race. He wants you to persevere and make it. You can do it, not by yourself, but in Jesus' strength. And we had times where we were, the, in uh, 2015, there was a Muslim uprising. Most of the time, the people there were very, very nice. But Sometimes when that spirit touches people, they burn down 70 churches in Niger. And we didn't know what to do. What do we do? we leave, flee the country? What do we do? And we decided we weren't going to go to the, village, the city church. We went out to the village to avoid these things. And uh, our pastor, Hashimu, stayed there and persevered. And he and seven young men, who I call the Courageous Eight, stayed in the church and kept these people from burning their church. And that church is standing today because of that. He persevered. And then we came back from the village and saw that the whole front was burned of the wall. 
we had a big wall in front of it, and that they broke windows in the back of the Bible school and stole some of the things, but basically everything was intact. The whole church wasn't touched because, you know, Hashimu didn't run away, and he stayed. And that's what we need to do. Don't run away. Stay. Stay the course. Finish the work. Do it. Complete it. You can do it. Hallelujah. Are we ready? All right. I'll let Ginger take over. Okay, now this is a PowerPoint I made actually for our team. So you're going to see a little bit more things like the guest house where we stayed at in case they want to go to Uganda. It's a nice guest house. And, um, you know, the food we ate, I have a picture of the tilapia. There's the guest house we stayed at in Kowanda. So it's, it's a little bit different, but it, we have a couple pictures in there of the uh, graduation. So you can, and this was the pastor of that church, George Ansamba and his wife, Beatrice. So this is me training the pastors on the, um, about the, the uh, projectors and how to use them. And so they're opening them up, so they're getting some hands-on experience so they'll know how to use them when they go out to their village. So there you have your hard drive projector, and we had a little mini speaker that also went with that one. Now we're in the classroom. You can see the video there on the wall, um, just giving them some training in how it works. Of course, they can make it bigger. And that's some of the students answering the questions. Now, this was the actual graduation dinner, so this is what they served. Um, like I said, I was showing this for the team, so, and they had prepared a little cake. This was the uh, night before the graduation, so they had a little dinner for themselves, and they had this cake that said end-to-end uh, -end Christian University on it. Yeah, so they had that for the students. So that's Rich in his gown. And this gown was packed in a suitcase that never returned to us on our way back from Uganda. So it's in Paris, maybe still in some little cubby corner that we don't know where that uh, suitcase is right now. <laughs> and that's the, some of the graduates. Okay, that's Mount Kilimanjaro. We go to Tanzania. There's Arusha. And we sp Rich spoke at this uh, group of students. They were Bible school students with end-to-end -end Christian University. He's teaching on the Holy Spirit. So this is God saving his wife and the pastor of the Arusha Church. God Save was our host. He was actually, he's Maasai. And, uh, and he's been doing our Swahili translations. And they gave us a cloth. Um, as a gift, so they had wrapped it around us. This is in the town of Babati, which is a few hours south. We had to go through the Rift Valley to get there. And he continues to teach the students about the Holy Spirit. This was the Ark of the Covenant that the students had made out of cardboard. It's not a great picture, but... You know, but they were able to explain all the parts of it and, and what they meant. So it was very, it was, uh, 
it was very special that they had gone the extra mile to do this. And here's Singida and some of the students there. There's a church in this particular village. It's 75% Muslim. And uh, so they really have to take a stand. And this bishop was a Muslim. That's the one, the shorter, heavyset guy to the right there, the guy in the white suit. Um, he was a Muslim, and he gave his life over to Christ. And through the years, he became the bishop of many churches in the area. Now, Mwanza is full of rocks. There's lots of rocks there. This was the, another guest house we were able to stay at. I think on the sign it said, no alcohol to here. Okay, there's our tilapia fish that we had. And more praying for the students. Okay, and here we're showing them how to do the uh, school and showing an actual class for them. And those are the students there. And this was the tilapia farm that this bishop, he's also a bishop, that um, started for people who were without jobs. So uh, it was community development. Okay. So it wasn't quite what we wanted to show you, but at least you got a little taste of uh, where we were and what we did and uh, maybe Pastor Matt will be able to make it available somewhere where you can, you know, get it off the uh, internet. Sure. Just to finish up, we just appreciate Eden Community Church Worship Center, and uh, we're thankful for that. And we're we're still full time missionaries. This group does not. We don't have a salary. We're still doing the same kind of things that we did when we were in Niger. So we're blessed, and we're. Appreciate you guys so very much. I just want to pray for you. Father, we thank you for Eden Worship Center. We thank you for the pastors and the congregation, Lord. We thank you for their love for the nations, partnering with us and partnering with Pastor Harold and sending him off to Indonesia. And we've been in Africa, and we're still doing many things, Lord. We, we just pray you continue to bless the church, give them wisdom and all that they're doing and the new things that are happening, Lord. So, Father, we pray that you just fill them with your joy, your knowledge, and your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Thanks, Rich and Ginger, for sharing. I actually loved one of the things that happened in the middle when the technology didn't work. Because there's, there's just this American idea that church is this perfectly polished presentation uh, and that if we don't have it like that, that the gospel can't be communicated. And then you go to Africa and you realize none of that works. Uh, like every single moment, you're, you're just sort of like living in, in the moment. And, you know, what, what a great reminder that, man, we are, number one, we're so blessed here. But there are those who are serving all over this planet who are not in ideal conditions. They maybe don't have air conditioning. Uh, they maybe don't have electricity or even running water where they are. And yet the Spirit of God is bringing the gospel to those people. And so we, we just appreciate the ministry uh, that Rich and Ginger have had uh, throughout the years. And we appreciate, especially now, I, I love a little bit we were talking beforehand, uh, how rather than coming 
as this, what unfortunately gets known as this great white hope, where if, if only these places could have me come to them, man, then they could really have it. Like they went and they've raised up all these pastors, worked themselves out of a job and said, well, what do we do now? Because there's all these people in Niger who were pastoring people in Niger. What a crazy idea. Isn't that just nuts? Um, and I, I absolutely love, I, I just want to publicly say, I love the fact that you guys are pouring into training pastors. Uh, again, one of, the, one of the things that happens too often is somebody feels that call, they, they feel that responsibility for the gospel, and we send them out under-equipped or completely ill-equipped uh, to pastor well those people that Jesus died for. And so I, I love that you guys are pouring God's word into them. So why don't you stand with me, and let's, let's just close as we... Um, Number one, give thanks to God for what he is doing through their ministry, uh, praying for the church and the pastors, the leaders around the world, and then we'll sing together. So Lord, we thank you that we actually can stand together and sing as brothers and sisters truths about who you are because you have adopted us into your family. God, you haven't adopted us in because we were born in America or Indiana or because any race or color that we have come from, Lord, you have adopted men from every nation, tribe, and tongue around this world. And this morning, as there's brothers and sisters all over this globe who are meeting to worship you, God, we are family with them. And so we pray, God, would you build your church, not, not just here, not just churches that look like us and sound like us. God, would you build your church in places that they have none of the resources that we do, and yet your gospel is what saves and transforms lives. God, that is the power of salvation. And so we pray, God, would you do that mighty work across not just our area. God, we, we pray it for the churches here, but we pray it, Lord, uh, for not only the churches in our country, but those around the world, those who maybe have completely different circumstances from us. And yet, God, you love them. Would you build them? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.